So my day job, I go to work super early. I'm the first person in the building uh, at about six o'clock in the morning. And I work about, I don't know, like a 30, 40 minute drive away from my house. So typically my morning routine consists of, I, I wake up, I roll out of bed, take a shower, brush my teeth, pack my lunchbox, get out the door as quick as I can and get straight to work. That way I can sleep as long as possible, have a quick morning routine and I'm off to work. Now, because of this, I wake up, I get myself ready, I go out the door and I drive 30, 40 minutes to work. I pretty much always have to take my morning shit as soon as I get to work. I've been, I've been brewing all night long and I don't have time to do it at home in the morning. And since I'm the first one in the door at work, perfect opportunity to take an uninterrupted cathartic morning shit. So the other day I get to work and I go in the bathroom and the building's quiet because I'm the only one there and I open the stall door and I go in there and there's poopy toilet paper in the toilet, but there's not a poop in the toilet. It's poopy toilet paper. And I'm very confused because I mean, it's six o'clock in the morning. I'm all the only, I'm the only one there, which means somebody did this the previous evening and they wiped their ass, but there's no poo in the toilet. So first, first of all, any decent human being should flush that. Second of all, did somebody just like have the most explosive fart ever and there was nothing to produce, but they had to clean their butthole to proceed with the rest of their evening? Like, how does this happen? How do you have poopy toilet paper in the toilet without a poop? I don't understand. And it's six o'clock in the morning, so my brain is not able to comprehend and solve this mystery. So I present it to you. What the fuck happened? Welcome to Megadad's Warp Pod. This is the weekly exclusive podcast members of Megadad's Plus. You can become a member of Megadad's Plus by going to patreon.com slash megadads and pledging as little as $1 a month. $1 gets you four episodes of Megadad's Warp Pod. And you're saying to yourself, Adam, uh, I'm listening to Megadad's Warp Pod, so clearly I'm a member. But this is a very special week. We are offering this episode of Megadad's Warp Pod free to all listeners of the Megadad's Live podcast feed. So if you like what you hear and you are not a member of the Megadad's Plus, this is your opportunity to sign up. Again, go to patreon.com slash megadads. It only takes $1 a month to help support everything we do here at Megadad's. This week, I want to talk to you guys about... The importance of entertainment in our lives. Um, this weekend, boy, this weekend was a great weekend. I spent so much time playing The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, as well as Final Fantasy 16 with my son, with my son Elliot, who is a budding gamer. He is really getting into it. And when I say that I was playing the games, I was mostly watching him play the games and kind of enjoying it, living channeled through him. And not only that, but we had a Mission Impossible watch through. We uh, we picked three of the of our favorite Mission Impossible movies to watch 
in the lead up to the release of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning this week. We already have our tickets. We're going to be going to see this movie next Saturday. And uh, it's actually, it's really cool. It's really important. I can remember seeing the very first Mission Impossible movie in theaters with my mom. My mom took me to see it. It was, you know, this is a very long-standing franchise and it's been one of my favorite if not my absolute favorite action film franchise for my entire life. Uh, I, I love these movies so, so much. And we've watched them time and time again in my house. I remember seeing the very first film. My mom took me to it. And um, this upcoming Dead Reckoning is going to be Elliot's first Mission Impossible in the theaters, which is super cool. And what's also super cool is we're taking my mom. We're going to take mom to go see the new mission impossible movie so it's going to be like three generations in our family going to enjoy the latest mission impossible movie and it just it really got me thinking uh not only this movie but the the games that we're playing right now and how i'm experiencing them on a cross-generational level it is so cool we are so lucky that we have this entertainment that can live for decades and really kind of be a through line to our lives. I, I mean, obviously, as the creator of Mega Dads, I, I put great importance into the entertainment that I have in my life. Uh, Final Fantasy was like my first true love with video games. Uh, Final Fantasy 4 got me into it. Final Fantasy 16 is one of my favorite, or Final Fantasy, I'm sorry, Final Fantasy 6 is one of my favorite games of all time. It's the, it's the game that I point to that really got me passionately into this world of games. And, um, you know, I was Elliot's age when I was playing these games. And now I'm playing the newest one, which is one of the best ones with my son. And he's loving it. He's loving it so much. He's having so much fun and he's talking about it all the time. Dad, dad, when can we play Final Fantasy again? Um, so it's so cool to be able to share that, this long-standing franchise. And there's a parallel with the Mission Impossible movies, a long-standing movie franchise. I took him to see Indiana Jones. Um, and it's just so cool to be able to share that kind of thing. If you're listening to Mega Dads, which you clearly are, you're you're probably a parent, and I hope you have these same kind of experiences where you can take a thing that you remember enjoying as a child and you carried it with you through adulthood, through your through your more formidable years, and it's still there. Final Fantasy is still here, and it's just as good, if not better, than it's ever been. Mission Impossible is just as good, if not better, than it's ever been. And I'm lucky enough that I get to experience that on my own, you know, just as a, as an individual. Like, how lucky am I that this stuff is still here and it's still fantastic? But I get to pass that along to my son, to my kids, to the next generation. And I hope, I hope, hope, hope that when they get to be my age, they'll look back on this experience of sharing these things with me and they'll think about how I remember going to see Mission Impossible 1 in the theaters with my mom. Um, that's cool. That's super cool. It means a lot to me. Uh, and I just, I love that. I think that's that's so important in, a, in a, this world that we live in right now 
that is populated by so much grievance and snark and everybody's got hot takes and shit to spew. I love loving things and I love loving things with my family, with my kids. Uh, and that's what's important to me. Life is short. We only have so much time in this world. Why not share the things that you love and that make you laugh and smile and be exhilarated uh, with the people that mean the most to you? And that's what that's what's got me so excited right now. I cannot wait to continue to play this game with my son. Elliot and I will be reviewing Final Fantasy 16. Um, it's amazing. It's super amazing. If you're a PlayStation 5 owner, you gotta get it. It's fantastic. I look forward to going to see this movie with my mom and my son. And I just continue to have a great time loving things with the people that I love. Before we wrap things up here on Megadad's Warp Pod, I want to share an audio version of a video that I've got coming up this week on youtube.com slash Megadads. Please make sure you're subscribed. Most of the content that we make here at Megadads comes out on that YouTube channel. We got so much fun stuff. Um, I, as I mentioned before, I've been playing Tears of the Kingdom and I've been loving it, but I've also kind of been wrestling with it a little bit because I have mixed feelings to point out as flaws or shortcomings and i've i've been having a difficult time pushing myself through this game and i want to share with you a little sneak peek on that video here's the audio version of that and then uh if you enjoy what you're listening to please make sure you go over to youtube.com megadads subscribe and you'll see the video version of this in just a couple of days. Again, thank you guys so much for supporting, whether it's just listening to the Megadads Live podcast feed or being a Plus member at patreon.com slash megadads. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Warp Pod, and I hope it kind of pushes you over the uh, edge and gets you to subscribe. Become a Plus member. We sure would appreciate having you there. Enjoy this preview of my Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom video. I've been playing The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom thanks to our friends at Nintendo since the launch of the game. And you may be asking yourself, Adam, where is the review for this game? First of all, we have a review coming up very soon from our friend Wondrous Will. He has finished the game, he's rolled credits on it, and he has a lot of insight to provide in a full review that will be coming out very soon right here on youtube.com slash megadads. The second part of that is I have been finding myself struggling with my feelings about this game. So I want to take this time to explain some of the things that I'm struggling with in Tears of the Kingdom and kind of work through my feelings. And they may be incompatible with your views on Tears of the Kingdom. This is a game that has a lot of varied paths and everybody who plays it plays it a little bit differently. So my experience, I very well understand, may be unique to me. But this is what I'm struggling with, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Now the crux of my argument here is that while Breath of the Wild was peak Nintendo and peak Zelda at the time, there have been many years since then and we've played many, many games that have taken that formula, iterated and improved upon it. Tears of the Kingdom comes in and does a lot of the same things incrementally better, but not enough to the point where I think that this game is winning me over the way Breath of the Wild did. A lot of that stems from the controls. I'm constantly fumbling with the button map in this game every button has multiple uses depending on combinations and inputs and I find it very user unfriendly especially when you're 43 years old 
and you have a hard enough time just buttoning your shirt in the right slot so that your shirt's not crooked. I need a lot of assistance and games today provide that. On the last episode of Mega Dads Live, we were speaking a lot to the way that video games today cater themselves to the user and have great accessibility so that folks like me who don't have the best dexterity anymore can still enjoy that game. I don't think Zelda gives a shit how old I am and how useless my thumbs are. The game commands a lot of you in regards to control. I find it to be a barrier to my enjoyment to Tears of the Kingdom. The combat is not good. The combat is just not good. I have to pillage many a shrine before my hearts are even close enough to attack the weakest of enemies. I'm constantly being one shot killed in this game, even though I'm about 20 hours into it. And that to me, is absolutely absurd. Uh, despite my skill level, what may or may not be, I remember the Guardians and the Lionels. That is where you should struggle to overcome these grand bosses and these impressive huge beasts. But when I am killed by a Bacoblin with a backpack full of apples in one hit, that's bullshit. I shouldn't have to grind for over 20 hours to be able to slay the most baseline enemy in this game, and I find myself doing that. I'm constantly getting my ass kicked. My Link eats so much. He's just constantly shoveling in steak and rice balls because my health is always at zero because I suck at the combat, and this game is unforgiving and unrelenting and insisting that you go hour after hour after hour after hour after hour, shrining your way up to a point where you can actually fight back. The sense of discovery in Tears of the Kingdom much diminished from Breath of the Wild. And it's not why you think. It's not because they're recycling the Hyrule map. In fact, I didn't have an issue with that at all. The land of Hyrule is so vast and has so many secrets to hold. Firstly, I didn't discover probably half of them in my playthrough of Breath of the Wild. And secondly, it's just so grand in scale that I don't remember many of the pivotal areas in this game. No, I think the reason that the sense of discovery is less is because the new areas introduced in it are not very interesting at all. The skylands are sparse and there's not much interesting in there other than some collectibles to find. And the dark lands below, I find just incredibly frustrating. Takes that difficulty in the combat and stacks a whole bunch of more obstacles on top of it, which leaves the land of Hyrule, which is still as stunning as ever. I love exploring Hyrule. I think the new additions and map refreshes that they've added to it actually make it less interesting. I don't like all the big boulders falling from the sky and the pools of icky red goo. I think it's less visually stunning as it was in Breath of the Wild, which is kind of weird to say. Uh, I just don't, I don't find exploring the world as fun and interesting as I did in Breath of the Wild. Which is sad because I really think that the exploration and the discovery is what makes these games so great.